This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I did have to pull up my... I, I, I still don't have the last two-minute report. Mm. Uh, I looked at it right now. Um, it's out? Yeah, NBA says that every call or non-call was correct. <laughs> Come on, man. Wow. Come on, man. Get your, I told you. Get your boys over at the I NBA, I told you, man. man. Get your boys. That's two games in a row they won't acknowledge they made a mistake. <laughs> did, they have, <laughs> did they have an explanation for DeJounte Murray? They didn't even tweet out the last two-minute report this time. <laughs> I paused because I thought Jesse was going to answer. He's looking it up now. So I'm going to keep real. I don't even know how to read this thing. I just know it's, that. It's yeah, like it's, comp- it, it's, it's frustrating to read. Let me see if I – I wonder if I could just – Where do we find Pull up ye- yesterday's. It's on um, the NBA, like the official NBA page. Uh, expand. I got everyone. Hang, hang, hang on. No, I don't. Well, while he's looking for that, back to the 13th round live. What the hell is it? <laughs> What's today? The fifth. Apparently, I'm an idiot because I, 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 I C O N. It is. Conspiracy. There, I I just got the push notification for it. All right, here we go. And I still don't. Did they? <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I see the Kings game? <laughs> I don't see the game. Hey man, let's try this. Here we go. Uh, Kings, that's Kings versus Jazz. Kings versus Hawks. So we, we did, what did they say about DeJounte Murray? They said... Uh, did they even address it? Murray... I'd be surprised. This, this doesn't... I, 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 can't, I think there's a typo in it. <laughs> Murray goes to, not through... Fox's space. He goes to him, not through him. Murray goes to, not through Fox's space as they come together at the same spot in transition. So the arm doesn't matter. I thought that was the very definition of the push off. <laughs> the arm doesn't matter, I guess. Hmm. All right. Well, like, hey, right or wrong, what are you going to do about it now? But yeah, like it doesn't matter. It's just, can we do away with these? Can we just do away with these? I don't, I, I wonder why. Like I don't know why they do this. And then the NBA. Well, I love the NBA, but why there's no common sense in what they do? You know, with some of the stuff. Like we keep talking about the challenge thing. Mm-hmm. Like. The Kings got the challenge right. Yeah. And lost the challenge yesterday. Yeah. They were penalized. You're going to be penalized one way or another for the mistake of a of a referee. How does that make sense? We're not saying giving them infinite 
challenges, but if they get it right on your screw-up, they shouldn't be penalized by not being able to challenge another reviewable play later in the game. Yeah. That can be fixed by 3 o'clock, by 3.05. Two minutes. <laughs> oh, Adam Silver got yeah. it. Hey, we changed this. I always remember uh, <laughs> we talked about PTI yesterday. Tony Kornheiser talking about hockey does this all the time. Hockey does this in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If something isn't right, hey, we changed it now going going forward. NBA, oh, no. I think we've got to go to the board of uh, competition and have Ooh. a two-thirds uh, vote. Is that the NBA's voice? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Al Pacino now works for the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Take these calls down to the streetlight. That's what they could do. They could take these last two-minute reports down to the streetlight. Have your challenges like you're playing in the hood. No, don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah, the, the – cha- I, I don't know. There's no – it's like now you can't use them to fix a call. You can't use them in the first three quarters now. Right. Thankfully, Mike didn't have to use his yesterday. Normally, it would have been used on a Sabonis call. Like he did the night before. <laughs> like yeah. he had to use the one on the Sabonis foul the night before. Yeah. And still didn't and get it right. Thankfully, right. Thankfully, they had it last night to, well, in the moment, it felt thankfully they had it. The call got overturned. And uh, ultimately, it, it didn't matter since the Kings lost 120 to 117. But mm-hmm. this is the second time. I don't know. I guess I, I'd love to have a, a, uh, a Mike Pereira that we could call. Of the NBA, they where used someone, to have. Well, yeah, we could call. But, but what's his name used to be on there? Steve Javi, right? Yeah, Steve Javi. Yeah, just someone we can call and say. So explain to me how a push off works. We uh, we've been asking for a rep for a long time. To how come does this on, work on this show? You could be a you could be a high school ref, college ref, NBA ref. I know Rob Carter out there. He a ref. He could come on the show. He Poor Rob Carter. I, I met with his referees team once. I I know a lot of refs. So I try not to disparage them. But, man, it's ugly out here in the ref world. NBA officials are are having a tough year. And it feels – I don't know why it feels glaring this year, maybe because so much is happening with the Kings. But NBA officiating is having a really, really tough season. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know how you're picking teams to go to the finals. (laughs) I don't know how you're picking officiating teams to go to the finals. Yeah. Everybody should be red flagged. <laughs> There's the, the, you, the NBA officials are like the the regular NBA. There is no great team. There is no great. That, well, that's and and that, that, somebody's got to go. And, and you know, you look last night. It sucks and it's frustrating that the Kings lost. But Minnesota beat Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, Warriors lost at the buzzer to uh, Detroit. That was and crazy. Sadiq Bay. It's crazy. Jordan Poole. Uh, Warriors fans' favorite player right now at this point. So, were they just mad at him trying doing the spin away three? Is that is that it, or was he just? I think there's night? some residual frustration from the Hawks game, and I think there's also some frustration that he is not playing well. I thought he had. Well, I hadn't been overall that much attention. I thought he had turned it around since Steph during this during oh, this I don't winning think streak. He has. Oh. I, I mean, I could I, I I I could absolutely be wrong, but I I don't I didn't. I don't. I don't think that he has. But one thing did happen last night. Mm-hmm. That's the Lakers won again. 
So the Lakers, they've won three straight. They're headed into a matchup on Friday against Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got a back-to-back heading into the Golden 1 Center this weekend. They'll have uh, Friday against the Hawks in in Los Angeles, and then uh, they'll be up here um, on Saturday. Yeah. Warrior or Warriors, the uh, Lakers, uh, you know, winning without LeBron, that's a big deal. Yeah. Good stuff. Absolutely. Some good stuff. So, Kings are going, I'm sure they were. Dennis Schroeder. Man, what do you have, 34? Yeah, Dennis Schroeder and Russ combined for 55, 56, Mm. 55? Mm. Yeah. Lakers are right now in this little window of them winning. That was a weird sentence. Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook combined Dynamic for 55. Duo. <laughs> Just like Rob Pelinka drew it up. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> they're doing what they're supposed to do against, you know, teams that they should be, you know, they have a better chance of winning against, which is what we would Who, hope. Did the they Kings beat Miami last night? Yeah, Who? Miami, that's a good win, but they beat Charlotte. They beat yeah. Atlanta before. Okay. They beat Orlando. Lost to Miami. Lost to Dallas. You know, losing the teams that uh, they are better than. But we're hoping that's what the Kings – are able to do and now you know that's a game last night that you you know you probably thought they should have won and, and they let them off the hook so I remember back when uh we were looking at the 15 home games in 19 in the next 19 games the next 20 games or so I said I wanted them to go 10 and 5 in that stretch I think they played 6 and another one so they played 7 they, I think they're 3 and 4 they've already lost 4 Hmm. <laughs> they got some making up to do. And then I remember I said 10 and 5, and James was like, I think at worst they need to go 11 and 4. Okay, both of y'all need to calm down. Like, Here's what I'll say, though. We had talked to Jason about this last night because we looked at the upcoming schedule for the Kings. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, like, if you're who you want to be, you should take care of business. I understand. If you're not that, then you're the same sorry kings of the past that don't need to be saying no. you should beat this no. team and that team and that team. No, there's a middle ground there. Like because this is the reason I don't like looking at the schedule and talking about the the, the Houston's and and some of the teams that are coming up. We saw them come into the Golden One Center after what we all considered a successful six game road trip mm-hmm. and lose to Charlotte and Washington. That in a span happen. of five days, that can't happen. It's unacceptable. Like that's not. But it good. did. It's like not. it did happen. And that has people questioning if they're really no, real or not. I, I understand. But then that you know you you get you get you know you you get the the the, the, the win on um against Denver. You 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 beat it. You 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 beat Utah. Like you get a couple of quality wins there, and it's like all right, like okay, we don't have to go overboard with it. They're going to lose games. You said this earlier. They're going to lose forty, maybe close to forty times this year, mm-hmm. and some of those are going to be against Charlotte's, Washington's, Houston's. They they go they go uh, in that fifteen home games. If they go eight and seven, that's not that's not good enough. Okay. It's I not know. Good I, okay, Especially against okay. who you're playing against. I understand. So what if they go eight and seven, but they're still the five seed? You gotta you gotta start worrying about the Lakers. You gotta start worrying about the Warriors. You gotta start saying, hey, these teams that are behind you, they're gonna you had an opportunity to put them away 
It's like a. It's but like you a probably game. didn't though. That's my point. But it's like a game. It's like a game, right? Like where, all right, yeah, the game is close, but you had an opportunity to put Atlanta away, and you didn't, and you lost. <laughs> like that's that's how we're gonna look at this thing. You had an opportunity to put the Lakers and the Warriors far in your rear view because nobody was playing good, and you had an opportunity and you didn't. But now you're gonna said, have to deal with them. But we just Phoenix said, is another one. We you just got opportunity to put them away. We just. We Phoenix is like Phoenix is a game below Sacramento. We mean put them away. Put them out of in your create space. But now if you don't do that, but the way the league is going, all of these teams are just winning. Like again, we just said the Lakers have won three in a row. I think no I, one is going away. I think I think somebody and a couple teams are going to create separation. I, I, <clears throat> We've already kind of seen it with Dallas. Dallas was down there at ten, and they turned it on. And now they're at four. Yes, they're at four at twenty-two and sixteen. That's their record. Even though they've won seven in a row, they're twenty-two and sixteen. Mm-hmm. They yeah, haven't I'm, separated from anything. So you think it's going to stay like this the whole year? Yeah. Yes, I do. Well, I don't think. So. I think it's going to stay like this. Maybe not the not not very between, very close to not the between entire year. Five and ten. Between between. Uh, between seven and ten, yeah, maybe not between five and ten. Somebody's going to start playing better basketball. It needs to be the Kings. Who like based on what though? Like, based, what are you basing that well, on? Based on history, like it's never like four and ten are never that close. So if the clip, so if so, so there's the Clippers right there at six. Like if Paul George and and uh, and Kawhi Leonard, we've already acknowledged they're not playing. The rest of the slate, like they're they're going to play, mm-hmm. they're going to make sure they're they're doing everything they do. They'll play every game when they get to the playoffs. You think they're all of a sudden going to win at a higher clip? Like what team is going to win at a higher clip? We're talking about what a disaster Phoenix is now. Phoenix, you know, even with Devin Booker, it's not like they were lighting the world on fire. They might they might be closer up to where Denver and Memphis is, but that's a team that's lost how many in a row now? Four. I. I yeah, four straight. I'll, I'll get that was a tough one they lost last night too. Um, I'll give you those three teams: the Clippers, the Suns, and the Warriors. Now, the, now the, the Warriors are the one that I'm I the think most. they'll. I think they'll play. I the odds say they'll play better, and like if, substantially if, better. Though is what we're talking about. Yeah, because they're okay. only they're only uh, the Warriors only two games back. But you're talking. But what you're saying is creating separation and moving. But like, you're talking. You're talking about joining Memphis and, and Denver up there. You got an opportunity to do that. Now you can well, be just like everybody else and be run of the mill and not create separation. You can do that if you're the king. I'm not saying the Kings like don't need to do that. Like I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not the season isn't over if no, they no, don't. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But you're. You're making the road harder than it can be if you don't take care of business. Matt George, Locked On Kings, ABC 10, joins us next here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC continues on ESPN 1320. Hey, before we dive into the main event of Batty Thursday, I uh, just want to remind everybody, uh, Sac State basketball tonight okay. on uh, ESPN 1320 is there in Idaho. I think it's, it's only on ESPN Plus. Oh, we ain't got it done? Oh, is it I, 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 I think it's only, yeah, I think it's only ah, on okay. ESPN Plus. Well, check them out on ESPN Plus. Good, good job on the tease right there, yeah. uh, but it's <laughs> only on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Check them out. Check them out. 6 p.m. As we welcome in from ABC 10 Plus. Uh, the Locked On Kings <laughs> podcast, uh, our buddy uh, Matt George. Matt, we missed you. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, it was touch and go here for today's appearance. They got you out chasing storms for ABC, but uh, we're happy to see you. Are you? Do you get? Are you frustrated that the Kings lost last night? Given, given, you know, because we talk about expectations a lot. Our expectations for the season clearly have changed. Um, are you? Are you frustrated the way last night's game went? Yeah, I'm frustrated in the sense that, like, I gave the Kings during this five-game homestand, I gave them one approved, uh, forgiven loss, and their first game was that forgiven loss. So now okay. they have to be perfect for the rest of this homestand. They got to go four and over the rest of this homestand. And and you know, I, I had uh, I was talking with Frankie Cardicelli on on Locked On Kings today, and never the heard title of, of my <laughs> title of the podcast today is um, is about. Uh, or the Kings being greedy. Like to me, the Kings should be greedy when they're looking at this homestand. Like they, they should have the mindset that we are going to handle our business in this homestand. And for me, three and two was absolute bare minimum, but I'm still disappointed. Four and one is the expectation. Five and zero oh is the goal. Mm-hmm. Well, the five and zero oh goal isn't, isn't going to be accomplished. So now the four and one expectation comes into play here. Sacramento has to handle their business at home, usually regardless of competition, but especially with the competition coming through here. And I know it was the second night of a back-to-back and the Kings faced the Hawks both times on second nights of a back-to-back, but you can't, I mean, you can't complain about the schedule. It is what it is. You just go uh, move ahead and try and figure it out and no excuses. Like the Kings had opportunities to win that game failed to do so on their home floor, made some costly mistakes. Their defense was atrocious, and for some reason they could not finish around the rim or in the paint last night to save themselves. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm frustrated for sure. Um, but I'm also – it's not a reason to necessarily overreact, but to me this stretch right now is all about bi- bi- building yourself a buffer for the final month to month and a half of the season when teams start gearing up for their playoff pushes. Really good teams start to get into their rhythm expecting deep playoff runs. And if the Kings are going to be jockeying for a fifth, fourth, or sixth seed, it's probably going to be one, two, three game gap between those teams. And you're going against teams that have been there before. They know they have that experience. They know how to lock that spot down. You don't. So you need as much of a buffer as you possibly can or as much of a safety net as you can. Get that work done ahead of time with this homestand. 
Uh, By the way, shout out to Frankie. I love Frankie. Yeah, man, very, man. very talented young yeah. young journalist. Just works for the bad guys. One hundred percent, Frankie, my guy. Um, but no, I agree with you, Matt. You know, I I agree with you. This is a hell. That's damn near what you just said. <laughs> yeah. You got you and Matt George share share a brain. That's, that's why he's my guy. It's my guy. But uh, I agree. This is an opportunity for you to create a buffer for the rest of the season to Damien's point, the season's not over if you don't do that, but you might make your, your job and, and your, your task a lot harder if you play mediocre in this stretch with this home game and really the whole month of January, cause they're, they're at home a lot in January. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we were looking at the other, there's not too many games against teams over 500 uh, in January. So, you know how I feel about the NBA. Like, there's so much talent here. I, I like a, a lot of these players all throughout the league. But, you know, we can look at the Kings as the same Kings as the past and say, well, you're not good enough to, you know, think that we you should beat anybody. Or if they want to be a good team. Like, we don't say that about the Bucks or but the that's Celtics. The thing. But those are championship teams. But that's the we don't thing. say that about the Suns. That's a t- team went to the NBA Finals, but I don't think people are even saying about the Pelicans right now. Oh, well, Memphis, okay. <laughs> like all these, like they're looked at when they play uh, Atlanta but that's or not Orlando. What the Kings are though, like the the, the the Kings are like you're talking about. If you're not going to be this team that we thought of before, they're already better. They're better than anything we've seen in <laughs> since 2006. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. already better. I don't know. That was my only point. Ain't nobody saying anything. That was my only point. They're already better. I don't disagree. All right. I don't disagree. They are already better. But once again, the expectations have changed. What we expected or what we were looking for for this team at the beginning of the season is not the same today because I think they're better than what we thought they were coming into the season. At least I do. Mm-hmm. I think they're a better team than that. They're, they're more capable. Uh, they're capable of more than what I thought they were at the beginning of the season. No, and, and Kenny and I are on the same, same wavelength there because my first podcast of the year was talking about, like, we're now in 2023. This is where most people say the dog days of the season truly begin. And now we have the context of 30-some-odd games to make educated decisions or, or, or guesses on how the rest of the regular season is going to go. But typically people need a buffer of this many games or got to get to this point in the season to determine – what a team is. And I think it's all, we can all agree. It's fair to say the Sacramento Kings are a good basketball team. So now your uh, expectations can be adjusted to where like coming into this season, I thought best case scenario for the Kings and everything had to go right. Was them being the sixth seed. I thought they were going to be a play in team, but like sixth seed was absolutely best case scenario. Now to me, best case scenario is actually having home court advantage during your first series which is like a fourth seed and again that feels like a lot has to go right for the kings to actually accomplish that but fifth sixth seed should be right in the ballpark of where the sacramento kings are and at this point seventh or eighth isn't the end of the world because you're still hosting a play-in game or at least one but expectations change from that being the ideal scenario to now that not being as ideal as maybe what the sacramento kings can accomplish so to me it's all about like recognizing where this team is has, has come from where they're at the fact that they are a good team, but we've discussed this before, the gap between good and great is massive. So to be good is one thing. To be great means like you're a, a five 
games above 500 team on the road in addition to 10 games above 500 at home. The Sacramento Kings aren't that yet, but a good team knows how to handle their business at home against a weaker schedule, especially when you have two games back-to-back against a team that's at the bottom of your conference that's openly tanking for for, uh, Victor Wimbayama. So, I mean, it's a mixture of expectations, how they've adjusted from where the Kings were at the beginning of the season to where they are now, and like I, I, it's it's a realistic, fair approach to this homestand to say Sacramento needs to handle their business this way, regardless of their history. Like any basketball team in the situation of where the Sacramento Kings are during this homestand should handle this business appropriately. They're supposed to, and and it's fair to have that expectation, whether you're a fan or whether you're part of the organization. Matt, we had a really extensive conversation earlier today about. Mike Brown's rotations and guys kind kind of being in and out of the lineup. And, you know, Terrence Davis is an example who played four minutes last night during one stretch, never got another call. Rashawn Holmes played four minutes last night, never got another stretch. Chemezi Metsu, the only place we've seen him is on a milk cart, and he's not getting any burn anymore. What do you think about that practice that Mike Brown has instituted here uh, with a number of players early on in this season? I think it's a very fine line to toe between a land of opportunity. Like you never know when your number is going to be called. So you have to stay ready because you are going to get your opportunity and your opportunity is, is only going to be a flash in the pan. And unless you are 100% on, or you're one of the top six slash seven players on the team, you're not going to have any consistency. Like, I think it's a really fine line, and I think uh, Mike has kind of fallen overboard sometimes on on both sides of the line. But at the same time, too, like, I recognize there's some issues with this team that all Mike can do with this roster is just kind of throw everything out there and see what works. Like, say, hey, you're all NBA players. You know what I need from you. Do it. Like, respond. Like, we're being very transparent with what we need. If you can do it, great. If not, sit down next to me for the rest of the game and and watch, and maybe next time you get that opportunity. So, I mean, I I think it's a balancing act. To me, like, I've been paying a lot of attention to the fact that the Kings are are closing out uh, and winning a lot of really close games right now, which is great. Like, they have three wins by one point over the last week and some change. That's, That's great in the sense that they can close out games. But... Earlier on in the season, they were blowing out Brooklyn. They were winning by close to double digits or eight, nine, at least comfortable margins. And and I thinking back to that time, one of the most consistent parts of the Sacramento Kings was the bench output they were getting. They were getting 30, 40, sometimes 50 points on a given night from that second unit. And with the exception of Malik Monk going off or maybe Trey Lyles having a good game every once in a while, like... And that's not fair because Trey's actually been playing well, but you you get my drift. Um, to me, like he's the second unit is letting him down to where even like last night when you have what was it three guys scoring twenty plus points, yep. it's still yep. not enough for you to win. Now a lot of that has to do with the defensive play as well, but I think it's a very fine line that Mike Brown has to walk to figure out where to get his most consistent roster and consistent rotations because I don't think he does have spots seven eight and nine and ten I don't think are consistent enough for him to iron down well and what I was saying was I don't think he's given these guys much of an opportunity like you see Terrence Davis doesn't play for like three straight games and he comes in in you know the game yet last night against Atlanta plays four minutes um 
he had some rough moments on the defensive end, went one or two or something from the field. And because of the rough moments on the defensive end, we all knew he wasn't getting back into the game. And there, there's, I'm sure Terrence Davis knew that too. You know what I mean? Like there's not a, there's not a whole lot you can do in four minutes in three games. You know what I mean? Like I think, especially with the fact that this team isn't lighting the world on fire right now, like go back to what was working earlier. I don't know if that's going to work like it did earlier in the season. It might not. But what's going on right now isn't working. Playing these guys 40 minutes a night, not getting any production from your bench, like you're you're walking a fine line with that. So I talked about it earlier. I said I think Terrence Davis, um, Jamezi Metu, and Casey Akpala need to be in the consistent rotation. I'm really worried about burnout with this team. I'm really worried about it, especially when we get into, like like I said, that that final month to month and a half of the season where DeMond Sabonis is an absolute beast. We see the numbers that he's putting up. We see him playing through a fractured thumb. And, like, this guy seems untouchable right now, but how long can he keep up playing? He, I mean, he's averaging a career high, 35 minutes a game. He played 40 last night, and the Kings still lost, and that was the second night of a back-to-back. Like, you're, I'm, I'm worried you're going to run these guys into the ground if you just continue with this. And I think this is a problem that they have to be aware of. And of course, I mean, I think players want to play. So Sabonis is going to be out there. De'Aaron Fox is going to be out there. I think Fox on the win against the Utah Jazz in Sacramento played the final 14 minutes of that game, including the final couple of minutes of the third quarter. Like, it's great to see them out there for those long stretches especially when it results in wins. But at the same time, like when you got to do that 82 times plus, and here's what we're not talking about because we're not used to talking about it. Like you're hoping for an extra seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games in addition to those 82 in the playoffs. Like how, how are you going to set yourself up for that? So I think Mike needs more, but I agree hundred percent with what you're saying. Kenny is how does Terrence Davis showcase what he can do in four minutes? How does Rashawn Holmes showcase what he can do in two games with six minutes? They must be looking for very specific things that these guys aren't doing. And and what I was going to say, even with the very specific things that these guys aren't doing, nobody else is doing it. Like if you're worried about like, oh, I can't put them in because we're not playing defense, you're not playing defense as it is. So mm-hmm. like what, what are we doing? Like nobody's playing defense except for Davion. And then KZ, who doesn't Davion's play. Davion's literally guarding everybody. And then there's that. That's, that's, a, that's a great transition to KZ Akpala, who we thought played well the night before uh, and, and then stayed firmly planted on the bench last night. I guess it all just boils down to I, I don't know what Mike's looking for. And you, you talked about you know needing more, Matt, from the second unit. I, I'll ask you, is the more even on the roster – like, have you gotten with the yeah, obviously with the exception of Malik, with 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 going? I think what would you say six, seven, going like eight, nine, ten? Those guys, have you gotten all you can get from them? That's a, I I, I think, I don't think all of it is on the roster. If that makes sense, um, because. What's good about this team, and we've talked about this before, D'Lo, like what's good about this team is that you can have guys explode on certain nights. Like Terrence Davis dropped a 30-piece earlier this season. Like there are guys on this roster that when they get the opportunity, they can shine even if they're not consistently getting playing time. Casey Akpala has come into games and had a significant defensive impact. I do think offensively he's a liability, but defensively we know what he can do. Uh, I mean, you, you, I could even say the same thing about Davion Mitchell, who I think is number seven. Like Davion comes out there and we see what he can do defensively. Offensively, 
he's had nights where it's like you I got to get more out of my backup point guard even if De'Aaron Fox is playing 36 minutes like I got to get more offensively out of him but defensively we know that what he can do it's like there's there's very specific things that each one of these guys does very very well that you need and when put together really is helpful but you're not always guaranteed to get that piece of what they do you're not always guaranteed to get Terrence Davis shooting lights out when he comes into the game Malik Monk is another great example I mean Malik some nights he's distributing the ball excellently other nights that distribution's not there some nights he's shooting the ball well other nights the shot's not falling which is to be expected for players. You can't be perfect for 82 games unless your name is DeMontis a bonus, apparently. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, like, especially when it comes to like the backup big situation, like I, I don't know what the answer is on this roster. Like I, to me, I thought Alex Len maybe deserved a little bit more run. He's completely vanished again. Now that Sabonis is back. Rashawn Holmes, I think has more to offer than what he's showing, but I think systematically it clearly doesn't work. Chemezi Metu did things well for a week and a half. And then apparently is, so deep in the doghouse that he can't even get an opportunity like I just I don't know what the answer is because I don't really necessarily it might be a good idea to ask Mike Brown specifically what is he looking for in those short stretches because clearly he's not seeing it enough from anybody to feel confident well yeah and and that's the thing and that's what we talked about as well is like hey he sees these guys on a daily basis in practice all this other stuff. We only see him, you know, for the two and a half hours during the game. Um, so he, he understands some of the things that he's looking for that's not being done more than we do. But I don't know. I, I would I would go back to what was working earlier, and that's and that's having Metsu as your backup five, TD in there, and I wouldn't put KZ in there somehow. And one of the reasons I go back to that, Matt, is I don't know if you remember the – clip that Kevin Durant had and obviously he saw the Kings like at their maximum power They're, they'll probably never play like that again the way they played against Brooklyn but when he was breaking down you know the complications with trying to play against them and guard them he's like oh then you got Metsu that can step out and shoot like what do you do with that Terrence Davis he gave us 30 what do you do with that like there's just so much like like that's that's their strength is what they do on the offensive end and two of those guys that he just talked about, they don't even play no more. But how long is the leash? I guess that's my that's my question is winning basketball games right now is essential. We just talked about how important it is to pick up games on this homestand and, and, and things are going to get tougher. So how long do you give Davis and Metu and KZ to figure it out and incorporate them to the level that you expect or need for the Sacramento Kings to consistently win games. Cause the idea here is incorporating these guys so that Fox and Sabonis and Barnes and uh, they, they play less, but in the short term, does them playing less affect the Kings win total? Cause if it does, then I think to Mike Brown, it's not worth it. But it's look, more worth it. To just but, try and pick up wins. But here's the deal. They're barely winning as it is. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if they were doing this and they were eight and two in their last 10 games, well, obviously we're not having this discussion. But, like, they're eking out wins left and right. They, like, they're 500 in their last. It's not like they've taken off since doing this. You, you're kind of, you know, keeping your head above water right now. Go back and see if you can get back to what was working before. I don't know if you can or not, but it's not like right now they're killing. Well, one of my chief concerns lately has been, like, the Kings have not, they've shown an ability to win close games, which I think is, is excellent. 
because typically they've struggled with that in the past. But the Kings haven't shown that next step of being able to, especially at home, close out games before the final couple of minutes. As great as I love fourth quarter De'Aaron Fox dropping 22 in Utah, it, do you really need to be in that situation where he has to do that? As great as it was to see Kevin Herter hit that game-winning three against Utah at home, do you really need to be in the situation where the Jazz are hanging around all game and in a position to snatch that game away? Last night, you could barely get within four points against the Atlanta Hawks until the very end at home. Do you really need to be in that position? Like I'm, I'm waiting to see the Sacramento Kings figure out how to build an 8, 9, 10-point lead and sustain it through the fourth quarter and coming into the fourth quarter. So my question is, do you think incorporating those guys and, and incorporating that rotation helps solve that problem or not? Because that's where I see the Kings really struggling is they're they're not handling business early or they're not doing what they need to do early on to set themselves up for a win unless it's coming down to the wire. And David, I'll say they did before. Like it did before when they were playing, they I mean they had close games, but they had some major blowouts as well. But I also think over the course of a season, too, teams figure out how to handle you a little bit more. They figure out like they they adjust things, and we've seen Mike Brown have to adjust the adjustments that the Kings have faced. Like there's there's scouting reports and things like that. This is exactly what we saw in 2018 when the Kings were off to a really good start. A team adjusted forced them into the half court and the Kings completely fell apart. Like, I'm not saying that's what's happening right now, but teams adjust to you over the course of the year and Kings caught some teams by surprise early on. And they're not surprising as many people right now. You can't stop DeMontis Sabonis and what he's doing, but you can stop Malik Monk from coming in and being a flamethrower off the bench. You can stop Kevin Herter from getting his catch and shoot off the curl handoffs from, from DeMontis Sabonis all game. Like I've, I've seen teams adjusting to what the Sacramento Kings were doing successfully earlier that I don't think Chemezi Metu and Terrence Davis fix, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, we've got tickets to see Uriah Faber's Night of Champions January 13th uh, at Hard Rock Live for you right now. Call the number 3-916-909-1320. We'll get you all set up uh, for Uriah Faber's Night of Champions January 13th, uh, Hard Rock Live. Again, call our number 3 right now, 916 909 1320. Uh, I know Matt George will be a part of uh, Night of Champions. Him and I are finally getting in the in the octagon together. <laughs> the fifth, I tap immediately. The sixth round with Matt George. <laughs> <laughs> Has, I think, one one thing as you guys talk about, you know, we talk about rotations and guys who aren't playing and minutes that the starters are playing and all these different things. And one thing Mike was really focused on last night was the defense and particularly the perimeter defense, which, again, it's a little head-scratching given the fact you left Casey Akpala on the bench the entire time. It felt like to start the season, Matt, there was at least hope on the defensive end. It also feels like, Matt, that hope is gone. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the the conversation today has been about how bad that defense was uh, last night. It was started by Mike Brown immediately following the game. Has the defense, in fact, regressed? Like, obviously, it was never great. But there was hope. There were glimpses. I used to say there were moments where they were playing really well on the defense. Is that all gone? I think there's a lack of focus, and and what I, I like, I think it's hard to stay focused to improving something for 82 games, especially when you want to focus on the thing that you're naturally good at, which is that Kings offense. Like it's 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 easy to see over the course of the game when the Kings are making shots and they settle into a flow a little bit. They're like, it doesn't matter if we stop them on defense or not because we're going to score anyway. Like how many times do we see teams 
that score 140 points in a win give up 125 because they get to a point where they're just like, all right, we're, we're coasting. We don't have to play defense because offensively we're literally unstoppable at this point. And I, I, there's been a handful of games where the Kings have played that way. Um, I think this team doesn't look as focused defensively and locked in defensively for, to what they were trying to do and what Mike Brown and his staff were preaching at the start of the season compared to uh, or, or uh, the way they look now is is doesn't look the same. And even like, I think Davion Mitchell is the perfect example in the sense that Davion is the best on-ball defender on this team and it's not even remotely close. But why is it that, and I don't blame Davion for this, but why is it that Davion will have those stretches in games where it's like, you, no one is getting past me, you're not scoring. Like, I love how he played against Colin Sexton when Utah was here uh, in Sac. Like, he was in Colin Sexton's nightmares and probably still is because of how well he was playing Colin during that game. But that's not how Davion plays all the time. Is he capable of playing that way all the time? I don't know. Like I've never had to play defense that intensely for an 82-game season, so I don't know what it takes or not, what plays you can take off and what you can't. But I use that as an example more talking about that's the best-case scenario really that the Kings have on ball defensively. Now you look at the wide scope of the Sacramento Kings as a team. They have stretches. They have moments where defensively they play well enough to get themselves into game or get a key stop or two at the end of a game or get enough stops to rattle off a 19-0 run to win in Cleveland but it typically is predicated on how the defense or rather how the offense is doing like the Kings will get out in transition if offensively they're they're feeling pretty good about themselves and they're getting some momentum and getting the crowd involved a little bit so to me it's a lack of focus I understand that I think that's we talked about this before Dan I think that's who they are I mean the roster is full of offensive players Mm -hmm. their game goes as their offense goes which was one of their biggest criticisms all offseason by people who said they were going to win 34 games this year mm-hmm. is that they didn't get better defensively. Yeah, and I, but, and I understood that. But I also think, and this is probably why I lean a little bit more towards like getting Terrence and Metsu in there is because I don't – I've said this before and I could be wrong. You're not going to be like this defensive stalwart as a team. That's not how this roster is built. But you have an opportunity – with how this roster is built, to use your offense as your defense. Put the pressure on your ability to score as a team and continue to do that and to be multiple on the offensive end and, and create all these uh, you know, people, the other team's head on a swivel. Use that to your advantage. Like it, You guys tell me what you think. Do you think Mike Brown is trying to, what they say, fit a square peg into a round hole? Uh, yeah, that's different than th- you, you throwing the windows out earlier. <laughs> throw know. the windows out with the record. <laughs> yeah, throw the windows out with the record. But, I mean, he's and, – and I get it. He's a coach. He's doing what he's got to do. But he's trying to turn his yeah. team into a defensive yeah. team yeah. when this is an – I don't want to say offensive juggernaut, but, I, but that's their strength. But I don't think he's trying to turn them into the Boston Celtics or, or you know, more proper comparison. Right. I, don't I don't think he's think trying he to turn either. them into yeah. the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Just think he's trying to get them to play competent defense, particularly in the final minutes where it's determining whether they win games or lose games. You're right. He right. said last night, if you hit a three, you hit a three. Like, we've got to figure that out. But they let we let guys get to the basket. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was most frustrated – or at least that's what it felt like he was most frustrated about – is that in those final moments, guys were getting to the basket? I and and I, I get it. I agree with you. I don't think he's trying to turn them into something they're not. But this is when we get back to like the rotations and some of these guys not playing. Like you're not playing guys because they're not playing defense. But nobody's playing defense, so why not play the guys? Maybe, but but that that's also an assumption we're making. It is. It is. We don't. We don't know. It is. 
Matt, next time you see Mike, ask him, hey, why? what the hell is going on with your rotations, Mike? And frame it like, okay, Matt, you can do this. Hey, Mike, Chatty House wants to know, <laughs> the hell is going on with your rotation? Like, Terrence is in, he's out. Rashawn is in. We ain't seen Shemezi Matu in, 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 in a month. If you could, if you could uh, take care of that, that would be great. I'll be sure to name drop Chatty House too, you just to make to. sure we you get it. To. We got, we got to, gotta we got to get the Chatty House some pub, <laughs> some 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 big mainstream pub. I need Mike to go. What the hell is the Chatty House? <laughs> um, think the Kings got two All Stars? Yeah, I'm. Well, I mean, well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? 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 Was, I just went through a three-part movie in my brain. Sorry. Uh, the Matt was about to say, "Yep, yeah, stupid." What'd you think? Well, I mean, I feel like it is, but I also feel like the NBA is going to drop the ball because, to me, like Demontis Sabonis, there's literally no argument. Yeah. Like, there's no argument. I like Demontis Sabonis, he's the only person that's doing what Demontis Sabonis is doing is a back-to-back MVP. Like the wins are there, the numbers are there, the records are there, the the net rating on and off the floors that like every single thing points to Demontis Sabonis is an all star. De'Aaron Fox is absolutely playing like an all star, but who's paying attention? Are the right people paying attention? Like to me, the fan vote that came out today, fan vote means absolutely nothing. And I understand people mm-hmm. are saying, man, you, the Sacramento couldn't find a hundred thousand votes for De'Aaron Fox or whatever. It was. Like I get that, but also. For what him to be at the bottom of the list and it not matter? Like I don't, I, I could care less about. The I wanted to see his name on the damn list. I, I know it doesn't like, matter. I understand, man. You're a hundred percent right. It does not matter. I wanted to see him and Sabonis's name on that damn list. And anybody who's on the media panel or any players who have a vote who are involving a name that they see at the bottom of the list and saying, "Oh, De'Aaron and Sabonis aren't on that for because the fans aren't voting for him." Well. Pfft then I'm not going to vote for him either. Like, screw you. Then you're not in the position to where you should be voting on the, the, the all-star game to begin with either. Like if you're paying attention to what De'Aaron Fox is doing, and if you pay attention to the story that is the Sacramento Kings, yeah, De'Aaron Fox is an all-star. So that's why I say, yes, absolutely. But I don't necessarily trust the people in the, or like the, the people making the decisions to recognize that because I think they're going to say, Oh, the Kings are a good story. Okay. We got to give them one okay, it's got to be DeMontis Sabonis. It's easier with a front court player in the Western Conference. Like, to me, De'Aaron is absolutely a part of the conversation. And Casey, you brought up um, a couple weeks ago when you guys were talking about this. Um, like you said, if you had to choose between the two, it's De'Aaron because De'Aaron's already been here. And the biggest thing that's held De'Aaron Fox back during his all-star conversations to this point in his career is, well, the Sacramento Kings aren't winning. Well, now the Sacramento Kings are winning and he's still putting up big numbers and he has improvements almost across the board, even if his role has been diminished a little bit because he doesn't have to be the superstar with the ball in his hands for 48 minutes. Now he can do it for eight minutes in a fourth quarter and it's enough. So, like, to me, they're both absolutely all-stars, but unfortunately I'm not in in charge of that decision. Steph due back right now, tentatively, January 13th. So... Eight nine days from now, he's due back. Uh, assuming he stays on the floor, like Steph is going to play in the All Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, Luca, Ja, you got Shea Gildress Alexander. You know, and then that's this is where you start to get into some. You know, like I love Russ. Russ isn't going to make the All Star team. Mm-hmm. Um, is Dame an All Star this year? Probably. No. Book 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 an All Star. Yeah, book is book is an all star. Book is an all star for sure. But is he going to be able to play? 
I don't know. I mean, he. I mean that he would. He probably probably be around the same time frame. They haven't announced it. I said January thirteenth because I think I think that was put out there about mm-hmm. Steph. Nothing's been put out about Devin Booker, but that's still a month away from All Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't know when the teams get announced. It's not. It's in the weeks leading into. It's not like a you know a month before. So. Um, but even then, that's because Booker would, if if nothing else, Booker would be the one son. Yeah, because Chris yeah. Chris Paul is not going to make it. We we looked at Aiton's numbers. Aiton ain't going to make yeah, it. He ain't doing it. Even Mikael Bridges isn't going to make it. It's it's Devin Booker or no but, one, and they ain't going to let it be no one. But that's 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 six guys that you named right there. Um, put Zion and on then there. Austin Reeves. Austin. That's it. <laughs> Austin Reeves. We'll put Austin Reeves. Uh, Zion. No, we wouldn't know mm-hmm. But Zion. Um, people, you know, thought um, Ingram was going to make it. He's not going to make it this year. So that's another spot. Um, but you got Jokic, Sabonis. I didn't even mention LeBron. Like, I was only LeBron. looking at the guards. Yeah. That's 10. I don't know. Marketing it looked like an all-star to me the last couple of he games. Might, he might be one. That dude he is might good. Be one. But, I mean, I, I think I think he gets on there. And we're, and we're assuming Zion, Booker, and Steph play in the game. And I still think De'Aaron Fox is on that all I think team. all three of them do. You think they all play? Yeah. Steph absolutely is going to play. Steph is going to wind up being at, – at, he's going to be a top three vote getter. He's absolutely going to play. Okay. E- even if he plays five – they'll do the gimmick where he plays five minutes. If there's something wrong with him, he's absolutely going to play, though. Okay. Oh, I, yeah, I think there's a possibility I Zion just, and Book don't play. Though. I just don't think that. But they Book, Book selected, is different. Yeah, yeah. Book. They, I, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about Book. Mm-hmm. Steph, I, I, I feel completely different. But I'm with Matt. I just don't, I don't know how. I don't know how Demontis Sabonis isn't on this yeah, team. He's a lock. There's just no way to, to me. There's just no way. the things that he's doing right now on on a basketball floor. Not for the Sacramento Kings, because so often when someone does something, and of course we, we frame it in franchise history. A Matt, uh, Sabonis, 15 straight double-doubles. No one's done that since DeMarcus. Well, how many All-Star games did DeMarcus make on a team that won 20 games? This is, this is, a, good, this is a good basketball team, and DeMarcus Sabonis is, is extraordinary, man. He's an All-Star. And I want his name on this damn list, and I don't care what Matt George says. I know <laughs> Matt, they don't matter, but I want his name on this damn list. Matt George, next time, next time on Batty Thursday – I think, you know, I think Matt is playing, you know, a little injured right now. He's trying to work his way back. I think he's about 65%. We need back. We need Matt back at about like 95 next week. Matt will be back. Matt, Matt, Matt's got a lot. Matt, Matt, just, Matt just moved. Uh, he's doing podcast. Uh, he 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 lives closer to me now. He knows I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna bother him when I'm bored. And, right down and, the street, baby. I'm, I'm gonna come over. You want to do something tonight? You want to hang out? And Well. <laughs> want to watch a movie? <laughs> and now Matt you can't come over tonight because you've got to go chase a storm uh, you know what does that look like what are you about to do as as we wrap what do you what are you about to go do for work uh go outside find water stand in it and say it's raining um stay inside but we're not going to thanks back to you <laughs> well that's hard-hitting news coverage right there they just want the shot of matt looking miserable outside <laughs> i think that's all they want and quite I honestly I'm not mad at ABC 10 for that. They're hoping for a strong gust of wind, so when I'm holding on to a pole, it looks like a flag. That's what they're looking for. That's tremendous. Kevin, also, go ahead. Sorry, side note, because I know you guys will appreciate this. I don't know if this is old news or not. Did you see what LeBron said about his pregame playlist today? 
No, I oh, I missed it. No. I didn't. I, it came. So I just, I'm just seeing it on Twitter. LeBron said, and, and we, we know LeBron. He says he listens to a lot of Beethoven <laughs> on uh, pregame. Why does he do this, man? <laughs> Why does he do this? You do not. Yeah, uninterrupted. You do not stop it, LeBron. Why does he do this? I, I don't know. I love it though. What do you, I love every minute of it. What do you listen to in pregame? Matt, that was directed to you. What do you Me? listen? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh I'm a big Mozart guy. All right. Person. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh tuning in. If you're on YouTube or Twitch, hit the thumbs up uh, or the follow button before you go. Make sure you check out the latest episode uh of the Locked On Kings podcast with our man Frankie Cardicelli. Uh, I'm not sure where he works, but I know he's really, really good at what he does. Um, so check that Locked on Kings podcast. And make sure you're back. Trista Crick will be here oh, in yeah. studio oh, tomorrow yeah. on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Holla. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.